0: Hello, I am Mary Spicer, and thank you for joining me for the first episode of my series, Behind Fashion. In these unprecedented times, the fashion industry, like so many other industries, is in dire need. I created the series to help support each other as we move forward in the new fashion world with thoughtfulness and collaboration. I'd like to take the time to thank so many who have helped us all moving forward, coming through, being first responders because they have placed themselves and their families at great risk. There is not a life on this earth that has not been affected by the pandemic. And it is your strength and generosity that has helped us and continues to help us move forward. Today and over the next few weeks, I'm going to be introducing you to some of the top people behind the scenes in fashion. Um, Producers, designers, models, hair and makeup, dressers. So many people make up the basics of fashion, fashion shows, photo shoots, that I felt it was important to take the time and work together with a virus that discourages the interaction of people, touching of clothing, What does the future hold for the fashion industry? How do our roles change? And after we get the vaccine, does it change back to the way it was before? Or is this the new world that we think it will be? With all that is weighing on our minds, I look forward to discussing, collaborating, sharing and learning with all of you as we move forward in this new world of fashion. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce you all to my good friend, Ann Fanganello, the founder and designer of both Anna Festa and Festa Sports. Ann was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, sewing from a very early age with her mother and her grandmother. At 13, she went to school part-time so that the other part-time, she went to another school to learn sewing and pattern making. At 15, she was creating costumes for the DCPA, Denver Center for Performing Arts. In the summer, she interned whenever she could in New York for different designers. She attended CU in Boulder, taking her sophomore year in Italy to earn her degree in fashion. Returning back to Boulder, she finished her degree um, with a theater degree in costume design. Um, She moved to New York after that and worked for many years for Nanette Lepore. Unfortunately, Anne did get an aggressive uh, case of cancer and continued on, soldiered on, working with Nanette and her love of fashion. But when her brother was diagnosed um, with Hodgkin's lymphoma, she decided to return. Unfortunately, she was, or fortunately, she loves fashion. She returned back to, to New York and she couldn't stay away. And she jumped right back in with Zach Posen, helping him with his brand and his designs. Um, at a certain point after that, she did decide it was time to come back to Colorado and start her fashion world, Anna Festa, with some fun, flirty outfits, celebrating women's bodies really enjoying the time and then we brought in she brought in some sportswear and it took off so quickly that festa sports was created if you have ever attended an anna festa show i know you have not forgotten it the fun the creativity uh the joy that permeates everything and her gusto for life that is as big as Anne's personality. She approaches her shows like she approaches her designs, with an eye on the future, some risk, and a lot of impact. Anne, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that you're incredibly busy. Um, To some degree, I know you're lucky that your studio is in your home. You can work from home. But the fact that you are a cancer survivor Your husband um, has a heart condition. Your brother-in-law lives with you. He's a 52-year-old man with Down syndrome. You, all three of you, are at high risk at this time with coronavirus. And so you can't have your assistants come into your home. I could not come, no one can come into the house. Things are dropped off outside. Things are picked up outside. you're, you're a one-woman show with your assistant, Malcolm, your brother-in-law. <laughs> and I, I don't know where you find the energy, but I am many that you donate masks to. I, I just thank you so, so much. And and again, thank you t- for taking the time to speak with me today. Well,
1: I'm so excited to be with you, Mary. <laughs> Behind the Fashion with Mary oh. Spicer. If I knew which side you were on, I'd take- <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, things have changed. Here we are talking to each other on a computer screen. Um, all, everything in our world has changed over here. Our house went immediately on to a very um, strict stay-at-home, and um, you know, assistance not coming in. My salesperson, I missed the collaboration. And so we've learned a new way of collaborating, which is, you know, on a computer screen with Mary Spicer. So thanks for having me today. I'm very excited to be talking to you and to the world out there. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and, and I remember soon after we, you know, we
0: went on quarantine. I remember, I don't know if it was an email or a call, but I said, Anne, are you thinking about masks? I mean, I looked at the mask situation and I thought, oh gosh, I, I think maybe Anne will probably be doing something. She has such a big heart. She has so much energy. And you said, oh yes, I was just thinking about it. I think I have to. Um, what When you created the design, what are the challenges creating the design? How did you come up with the fabrics? And um, are there challenges with sourcing that material now that everybody was on lockdown?
1: Well, we started immediately. Um, I remember a phone call with you. There were about three people involved. Uh, Mary, my um, courier who works with me, my aunt uh, jumped in and handed me some money. You jumped in, said, "What can I do?" you handed me your brawn and your sort, you like whatever, you know, feet on the ground because I was locked in my house very strictly. And um, then uh, Todd Parker and Sarah, his wife, who Sarah works at Children's Hospital. So I started the day I heard Siriano, Christian Siriano and Cuomo on TV talking about it. And this was really before Colorado had been very severely impacted. It was early in the game. But what I knew that I had was I had a sportswear fabric. And a knowledge of fabrics is what drew me in instantaneously. Um, The sportswear fabric has a very fine um, fiber and it's very densely sewn together, and yet it's got antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial, wick away, breathability with a denseness. So I was like, I don't know, maybe this fabric is worth something. And so we jumped in and it was mind boggling for two weeks of working with Polis's. We tried to get to Governor Polis and talk to them about what the needs may be. Working with different hospital people, you know, nurses and administrators and surgeons that I know. What do you need? What can we do? Finding out what Fibers were wind blown and uh, filters and all this medical jargon that is not my forte um, we tried really hard to try to actually create a mask that was very you know fitted face covered uh, having Charles as my husband as a woodworker was great because he wears masks all the time to protect him from the um, all of the dust and uh, things that are created from being, working with wood. So we worked very hard to get it done. And you know, after a couple of weeks found out that we, the uh, sportswear fabric had a great item that was not for medical use. It's good for things like um, not having um, what, not uh, allergies and things against your face. People have, by drawing the things away from our mouths, sportswear fabric had some really great benefits. Uh, Sourcing these filter fabrics was impossible. Uh, People, Everyone's trying to find it and so we decided to back away from the medical, uh, trying to create a medical thing, which is not my forte, and trying to create a cover to protect the N95 masks. We worked with um, hospital people, uh, um, the Laundromat who does things for hospitals and they really helped us to create a cover so that by wearing these N95 95 masks over and over, we could cover it. So it was um, a lot of work and we jumped into the mask making business immediately and by the time people were told as a community, you know, community protection We had done all of our testing and we were ready to jump on board immediately when Polis told us that everyone should be wearing masks.
0: Right, including companies. And um, I know that at this time, you're you're getting orders from companies, um, large, large orders, and that the the landscape is you and I know, and it's hard to explain that to folks. It changes daily what is required, what is not required, what is needed, what is not needed. And right now, you, can, you are producing 1,000 masks a week, I believe. And after the companies started contacting you, many of them asked about monograms. And I heard you're collaborating with a local company in Colorado to put monograms, uh, is it monograms or logos? Logos on Logos. It's a heat logos transfer onto. logo. Mm-hmm. OK. So they're, so they're ordering them, so for their company, they're very chic for companies to have the logos.
1: You know, the, the whole process, like you say, every 10 minutes, things change. And the community, the fashion community came together, you know, right at the beginning with me, there were also, every other Denver fashion designer was um, trying to develop something to help. We were here to help. There was so many donations. The donation aspect is, um, it gives me so much joy and happiness to have a knowledge that I can help with something. Um, Coronavirus is scary. It's a pandemic. It's um, out of my wheelhouse. I don't know about medical things and to be able to make a product that could help in some way really drove me at the beginning to really get something going and all of us staying at home uh trying to get our economy trying to make money keeping my seamstresses everyone lost their job immediately and how did we create jobs so i was lucky i was able to start a new uh, uh, product i have a product called a mask and i was able to work with some of my seamstresses some of them can't work you know their items are not in a place that they can get to we worked with polis uh to get essential workers you know able to be open to create medical things it was very fast i think one of my people was closed for a total of two days and then we were back and because we started sewing um gowns and you know they sew everything uh, so, but the collaboration between all of us trying to figure out how do you get a logo on a mask and how do you make this type of thing, and so we we can produce mass numbers of masks. We still, you know, are kind of cautious because we don't know what's going on. Again, things change every ten minutes. But we um, are making three thousand for a, a person. We can do logos on things for companies. Um, I don't think this is going to end. They haven't, there isn't a cure. There isn't um, a way to stop this other than this social distancing and, you know, keeping our germs to ourselves, which I just believe the masks, I believe in the masks, I believe they help. And I want to get our economy back on track, which would be corporate masks, masks with friends. I don't, I don't care who you are, if you're wearing a mask. It makes me more comfortable being near you, and by my wearing a mask, uh, it just shows that I'm trying to take care of you as well. And
0: and when you said they're making gowns, you meant hospital gowns, am I right? Oh, hospital
1: gowns. They are not making gowns. Ah, ball gowns are so in the past. No, they're not.
0: <laughs> not really. I'll wear it. Um, but, the, but honestly, it, it at this time, there's so many changes we're hearing golf courses are opening, uh, tennis courts are opening, which everybody loves, um, and you must be getting orders for those, but there's still the masks. So it's almost it's like crazy. you have Ana Festa, you have Festa Sports, orders are coming in, dare I say Festa masks, and are, are the sewers overwhelmed? Um, with, I, not to be overwhelmed with mask orders, not just from you, but others. Um, So at this point, are they able to fulfill your regular orders um, on top of all of that?
1: There's definitely, um, there's there's an issue. There's a big problem with the cutting and sewing and sourcing of materials. And it is, um, it's a whirlwind. And people are, there's many people who understand and who respect and um, give, give a lot of attention to these uh, workers who are out there. But every step of the process, the fabrics, my fabric bins, I have never seen my fabric bin empty. All my sportswear fabric that I use for my t-shirts is gone. We've used every inch of it for masks, and we donated, and we've sold, and we have different ways. We, we do individual where you buy one, and you we donate one. We do corporate pricing. We do wholesale pricing. Uh, you know, again, my goal is to get as many masks out there. Um, but the demand is so high that the sewers who are supposed to be sheltering in place, stay at home, not working, they were putting themselves out in danger, and they were going out and working. And the hours that they're working are very difficult. The um, the expectation of some people on how fast this can be done and how inexpensive these little tiny things are um, was unreasonable from some sources. And um, I heard from every one of my workers, first of all, oh my gosh, we're lucky, we get to make money, we get to work. But the expectation of getting something, I, I've heard things like you know, 20,000 masks in three days, that at a penny at, at such a low price, I can't even repeat it. And that is not the way that we work. I have um, great care and respect for everyone who works with me. And we've all been collaborating, trying to keep things moving as quickly as possible and keep the prices as reasonable as possible. But it really shows the difference of um, you know, small businesses and made in America and what the, what the public has become used to. With fast fashion and things that are just turned immediately for such low prices, um, okay. so it's it's a learning experience.
0: Yeah, I I I uh, I agree. It, it's a disservice, um, and we could, that's a whole conversation about fast fashion. You're exhausted. And we're gonna, We could go on. For we all are. Our, um, We are trying to be aware of everyone's time um so let me ask you do you see a change in the fashion production process
1: due to the pandemic well there definitely has been a change in my process and it's due to the strict measures that we have in my home my assistant is my 54 year old brother-in-law malcolm who has down syndrome he is Innocent. He's inspirational. He's joyful, and everything takes five times longer. I miss my assistant so much. Uh, my we've started reintroducing ourselves a little bit, but my company is run from my home. My entire basement is a showroom. My customers come here. We cut here. We you know, there's a lot of outside stuff done, but it's become my job. And so I'm not just running the company, I'm actually doing all the work. So yes. I can't wait for that to change. And we're talking about all sorts of things. You know, I have to get an outside place. I've got to protect my family. And so I can't have people coming in and out of the home. And which was so fun, you know, having my business is fun. And having the collaboration and the art here is fun. Um, we are very much about team dynamics here. Festa sports, Anna Festa. The word festa is party in Italian. So it started out as Anne's party, and then it was a sportswear party. And now it's a mask party. I you know. I it's just joy and happiness around the world. And this team dynamic is kind of what started doing the corporate so that let's be a team. Let's all show the mask on our face. You know, masks are gonna become a an image thing. Who are you? It's your accessory. It's your new handbag. It's your new earrings. It's your sports team, you know, and I'm about masks for everyone. I don't care where you buy it. If you make it yourself, I just want everyone to have them. And so we're here to provide it for for anyone. And along with my team of people who are working so hard, people are working extremely hard and sitting at machines and sleeping at machines and the the demand for everything and now festive Sports has come back. I've got sportswear orders coming in and with joy and love. Oh my gosh this is a season of design typically for me in May and June. I start doing a lot of design work and um, the production work has not stopped.
0: Oh well and I, I know that you're incredibly busy. We do have at, at least one question, is that correct? So because we're all at home, my assistant is my son, Hayden. Um, Hi, Hayden. He's, wearing a, <laughs> he's wearing a mask, um, a little bit quarantined, a little a little concerned. I, I know that you've had some concerns in your family. Um, my oldest son, I, I have not seen him. We got to see each other outside. But thank you, Hayden, for helping. And what was the question that came? Our, our first question is from Jenny Bess, And She asks, um, what's the best way to care for your Oh, Jenny Jenny has asked, what is the best way to
1: care for your mask? Very good question. Just owning a mask does not solve the problems. Um, the, the problem that's happened out with the PPE and the N95s and the medical masks is that they are disposable. And so they are a one time wear, and you're supposed to throw them away. And that's because contagion gets on the outside. You know, once you put that mask on, there's contagion that can get attached to it from both directions. Um, Our masks are a reusable mask. Um, What's very important is to not touch the mask, you know, that you take things off by the elastic. And so you wear it outdoors, and when you come home, you wash it. So having multiple masks is great because once you've worn it, it really needs to be laundered. But it's really just washing hot, drying hot. It's, you know, almost like a towel or it's it's an easy launder. Can you hand wash it? Sure. I think it's really about the soap. Um, We learned a lot during our processes.
0: Yeah. Is it more about the soap than the heat? Because some people say just heat it up. 20
1: minutes i think the soap's important this washing your hands is about lather um i think and of course i'm not a medical person but from everything that i've learned i do believe that the fatty covering on the the virus there is something about soap and water and so i actually think that the soap is more important than the heat of the water so as hot as the water can be but the soap's really important. So you wash your mask, and you fold it up in the drawer, and you put it on the next day, or the next time you're going outdoors. Um, I definitely am have a mask for every outfit. You know, i you know, I say if if Nicole Kidman's on the runway, on you know, at the Oscars, in a bejeweled Swarovski crystal mask made by some designer that costs five thousand dollars, I'm all for it.
0: Oh, okay, what's our next question? Uh, the next one is also from Benny. She okay. asks, do you think there will be a demand for gloves? Do you think there will be a demand for gloves? And have you considered that? I added that last part.
1: Yeah, the, um, the glove demand is out there. I personally am affected by it. I um, don't have gloves. Again, having Charles as my husband, the gloves are um, something that we owned in our household. Well, we happened to be at the bottom of the box when this whole thing started. And so we have not had gloves. I've been wearing my gardening gloves and washing them. And again, this disposable pro- property. And I hope that this whole situation creates something that creates less waste in this industry. You know, And I have not considered making gloves. My goodness, that is a whole new ball game. Uh, getting around those little fingers, but boy, I'll tell you, if someone's out there making gloves, I'm your first client. I'm ready to buy them. So I think um, masks and gloves, you know, I I think hair coverings, hats, that kind of thing. it, It matters where you are, you know, if you're going outside and you're hanging out, you know, socially distancing from friends, going into a store, protecting our mouths. Oh, one thing about the masks I have to say and gloves as well is, I find that it protects me from myself. Yeah. I have never noticed how I am touching my face all day long. And when I have the mask on, I put my hand up there and I'm like, oh, I can't touch my mouth. I can't scratch my nose. I can't pull my ear. Well, I guess I can pull my hair. But the the gloves and masks for our own safety from our own. Contagions is, um, an interesting thing that's come around that I've learned about, so yes, gloves, someone contact me, I'm all about it.
0: <laughs> are we? And we have one more question. One more? The last one is, I hear children are going to be required to wear masks to school if they return next year in the fall. Any plans to make masks for little? Okay, so I hear children will be required to, and I have asked you this before, um, will be required to wear masks in the fall. Do you have plans to create masks for children?
1: We do not in this company. Um, We made a few children's masks I, and not yet, I guess I should say. Um, There are lots of child laws about fabric and flammability. You know, children have their own rules attached to them. And I only want to make a product that I know what it does. Going through all the testing processes, you know, we, our masks went through CSU testing. Our masks went out and went through a lot of um, testing through the hospital, um, areas and so we know the hospital laundry mat, laundry mat laundry see if they melt so, you know there was so much testing we did and so we do know what we do well and we know what we don't do well and so going through testing for child masks is something that I would need to do and so um I do know with Malcolm as a childlike being. Um, you know, Malcolm, I consider him to be about 6 to 10 years old. He's 54 years old. But getting him to wear his mask and getting him to be proud of wearing his mask took some um, some work. You know, wearing a mask is odd. It uh, takes away our personality, our smiles, our, our laughter, and um, it's a new form of communication and Losing my mouth and losing Malcolm's mouth was a big deal. Um, I have a four-year-old niece, Flavia, and she does not like the masks. So I think somehow inspiring children to like their masks, making sure it's a color they like, making sure it's a print they like. I know there are um, children's masks being made out there and um, we need to protect our children. And I have my 54-year-old child, and boy, he loves his mask now. Uh, so yeah, you just yeah. have, to, have to, it took weeks. It took weeks to get him to like it, but he does. And so we don't have plans at this time, but we may. Is, well, I, this is my question because it, it just came
0: naturally after that. Isn't there an age limit or something on
1: masks if
0: they're yes. under a certain age? I can't remember.
1: Um, I believe it's under two um, uh-huh. Any mask, you know, our masks are not a replacement for an N95 mask, they are not medical grade. Um, putting a mask on anyone who has a breathing condition, putting a mask, you know, we have to respect a mask the same way you would respect any piece of equipment, piece of clothing um, that you, you know, use for a reason that's helping you. Um, so I, I, I know that under a certain age, and I do believe it's two, but don't I, I'm not sure, Um, you're not supposed to wear the masks. And again, an older person, someone with breathing issues, someone who's having trouble, um, we don't wanna cause any harm, which is why we haven't done the children's masks yet because we need to make sure that we're doing something properly.
0: And it takes research and- Research. Anything that you do, you do well, you do properly and you research. And I thank you so much for all of it. Um, I know that it, Everybody wanted you to move faster, and you said no. This needs to be done correctly. And um, thank you so much for everything, Anne, and and taking the time with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I um, definitely this mask making experience has been um, a roller coaster ride, and we are still in it. Um, we are constantly I'm changing something again, you know, and. I think our masks are very much about um, proper, you know, they are very high, they're very wide. There's a lot, there's uh, great breathability. And as we move forward, I like to get people happy about it. You know, let's bring some joy into it. There's been a lot of fear, there's been a lot of confusion and um, that hasn't stopped but ha- wearing masks could get us into the economy. Let's get our economy open again. And I do, I truly believe that masks are going to help it. And that means I can get back to some designing dresses for Festa. <laughs> Thank you, Anne, so
0: much. Your, your collaborative spirit, your infectious can-do attitude. I'm just so glad that you could take the time and be my first guest. For this series
1: thanks for having me thank you, thank you so much ah. cheers whichever way it goes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye, Anne. Yeah. Thank and thank you all for attending the first episode in my behind fashion series next week i will be joined by tara berry from brooklyn new york who has been dressing coordinating and working with designers since her days in the tents at bryant park Uh, So I'll see you all next week, Wednesday the 20th, same bat time, same bat channel, uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. This conversation has been recorded and a link will be sent to you within two days. All the best to you and yours. Stay safe.